At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. As always, if you don't mind taking a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, we appreciate the help there. We are counting down to the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. We're going to preview some of the possibilities that could take place, what it all might mean for your fantasy teams. Tommy Beer is with me to do so. Tommy, I don't know if we can start anywhere else other than Anthony Davis, and we got a lot of news on Tuesday, including... First of all, Yahoo Sports reporting the Pelicans held Davis out of Monday's game, even though he was healthy enough to play. In addition to that, the LA Times reported that the Lakers are apparently backing off for now after New Orleans turned down an offer of Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, James Worthy, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, I think we can maybe distill it down to this. Based on everything we've heard, do you think it's likely that Davis is A, staying put in New Orleans past the deadline, and B, not playing another minute for the Pelicans or anyone else this season? Well, Kyrie has infamously said, ask me on July 1st. I would say ask me at 301 on February 7th because <laughs> um, it sounds like this thing is going to come down to the wire. Um, I think that if I had to put percentages on it, I still think he does end up in a Lakers uniform this week. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I don't think there's a, you know, an overwhelming likelihood. I, if I had to get, you know, I'd probably say 55 to 45, something along those, along those lines, you know, maybe a coin flip. But at the end of the day, if the Lakers have been willing to offer as much as we have, been, as much as been reported that they've been willing to put on the table, essentially their entire young core, basically whoever the, the Pelicans were asking, and they're willing to take back Solomon's Hill deadweight contract, and they're willing to th- include at least two first round picks at some point in time, it's just a situation where you think the Pelicans are, are it's just a lot for the Pelicans to turn down. And now the, the the flip side of the coin from the Pelicans, rightfully so, are thinking we have absolutely no reason to rush into a trade. If we wait until the summer, obviously once uh, Kyrie opts out of his contract on July 1st, the Celtics can kind of enter the mix and put Tatum in, into the pile and, and see you know, you know what happens then. And the Knicks might win the Zion sweepstakes and they could include Williamson and Knox and multiple first-round picks, etc. So that, that could get tempting. And then the Lakers are certainly, if they're willing to offer it in, you know, in February, you'd assume they'd be willing to offer it in the summer as well. So you know, for all those reasons, I understand the, Celt- uh, the Pelicans really playing hardball. But at the end of the day, there's some uncertainty that comes along with waiting, you know, four months. Does, you know, it sounds like Davis wants to play and he's going to get back in the lineup. He's listed as questionable for Wednesday's game. Uh, If he doesn't play Wednesday, will he play this weekend? He's never, he's always obviously been an injury prone player. If he gets dinged up, you know, even if he doesn't necessarily suffer a a debilitating knee injury, if he suffers a, you know, an injury that keeps him out a month or so, will that make the Lakers a little bit more hesitant to to bet the farm or the Celtics, et cetera? So there's always something to be said for having a bird in the hand. 
hand instead of assuming that it will still be there down the line. Um, so it's a very fascinating, very interesting. Uh, there's going to be a lot more twists and turns, as, as you mentioned. Um, the Brad Turner of the uh, Los Angeles Times reported today that the, the Lakers have pulled off, but you and I both know, Matt, that's a, that's a tried and true fantasy tradition, you know, <laughs> S- sending, that, sending that email, yo, I'm out, dude, like, yo, this, this trade is off. And then the next morning, be like, you know, so if you wanted to reassess it, you know, so we'll see, but uh, it should be yeah. fun. Maybe not even the next morning, maybe like 30 minutes right, later. Right, right, uh, right. By the way, you think it might be a stressful place to be in the Pelicans front office right now? Oh, my God. Uh, but do you think Davis, if he doesn't get moved, do you think he's going to play for New Orleans after the deadline? Do fantasy owners of Davis have any hope there? Yeah, that Yahoo report um, Chris Hayes had today said that obviously Davis wants to play, and that's you know the, and the Pelicans smartly you know kind of shut him down on Monday. It, he's listed as questionable Wednesday. I'd be shocked if he played Wednesday. But assuming he doesn't get traded, I think they will include him. You know, they will insert him into the lineup just to kind of keep him happy and you know avoid kind of the wrath of Adam Silver because that gets into a very tricky situation there. If you're going to rest a guy for you know it's it's one thing to have load management for a night but for three months is, is a bit much so um i think w- the pelicans will probably play him you know play him two games rest them a night sort of kind of wink wink hopes he sprains an ankle that'll keep him out a month you know that type of thing and you know just do whatever they can to keep him out of the lineup limit his minutes etc so uh, certainly the best case scenario for davis owners is for him to get traded anywhere um obviously the lakers would be a great fit alongside lebron but yes because if he stays in new orleans it's it's unlikely even if he comes back it's i think it's probably safe to assume he won't play in the fantasy playoffs which would be a real bummer obviously yeah, so if he does come back, man, you it is the onus is on you to trade him as soon as you can once he's back on the court. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's say, Tommy, hypothetically, that the Lakers do pull off a trade for Anthony Davis before the deadline and give up that huge package or something similar to that that we've been hearing about. With them giving up all that talent, who are some names or a name or two from L.A. that you would stash who could, you know— if the cover gets that bare in L.A. all of a sudden, could have a lot more value after the deadline. Definitely. I think it's basically whoever's left. You know, it, 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 Obviously, along with the young guys, the Ingrams, the Kuzmas, the Balls, uh, the Hearts potentially, it's what guys are the cap filler that, that they have to get up to the $37 million to match the uh, Solomon Hill and, and Davis contracts. Uh, so if it's Rajon Rondo left behind, he's obviously a huge beneficiary uh, looking at big playing time. If it's KCP, uh, if Coldwell Pulp is there, he obviously is going to inherit minutes if Lance Stevenson gets left behind. Even a guy like Beasley or Mo Wagner, uh, if Wagner gets, you know, is, is one of the you know, not players that does not get traded, and, you know, Lance Stevenson, et cetera. So it's a little bit difficult to predict uh, because there's so much fluidity in, in terms of who they might send out. But basically, I guess the shorter answer is um, whoever gets left behind. And I'll throw out one other name, Carmelo Anthony. I think if they um, okay. if they completely gutted the roster, I think they'd bring in Melo at the minimum uh, to, to kind of just flesh out the rest of the roster and you know put up some shots. So in terms of guys who might be out there in a shallow league, I guess we're really talking about KCP potentially as sort of the first most immediate upside shallow league pickup. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. It's one of those things where as soon as you see the deal go down, see whichever players are, you know, if Rajon Rondo may get included, if he's not, immediately scoop him up if he's if he's not already owned. You know, if, if Lance Stevenson isn't included in the trade, scoop him up. Um, you know, Beasley, if, I assume Beasley won't be included in the trade. He could easily be in a position where he's playing 18 to 20 minutes off the bench on a depleted Lakers roster, and he could put up some some points in a points league. So something to, take, something to consider. Uh, what 
about the other Pelicans, Tommy? I mean, ESPN's Zach Lowe, for example, reported that Julius Randle and Nikola Mirotich could get moved. So with that in mind, uh, is Kenrick Williams a potential under-the-radar big winner at the deadline? I think it's just so much is dependent on, on what happens. You know, even if they don't move Davis, you assume they would like to, they would prefer to move either Randle or Mirotich. If they traded one of those guys, the other guy would have a huge, would be looking at huge um, usage rate and playing time in the second half of the season. Would They, they would certainly move both of those if they could get first-round picks back in return. Um, so it's really an unpredictable situation in New Orleans right now. Yeah, you mentioned Kenrich Williams is certainly a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and obviously, um, Jaleel Okafor had another huge night on Monday. You know, he's kind of been flirting with that 20-10 and 10 on a nightly basis since AD went down and the rest of the front line got decimated. Um, so if, if either Miritich or Williams got traded, that's certainly something um, that would be very interesting um, from, you know, obviously you have to assume Okafor is owned in, in vast majority of leagues right now. His right. value would obviously be would skyrocket if Davis or you know two or three of those guys got traded. Um, so I, I'm not sure about Williams. He has been playing over 30 minutes a night last four games, um, averaging uh, you know double double. Had some huge rebound games in there. Uh, I'm not willing to uh, commit to him and you know a shallow 10 team, 12, uh, you know 14 team league or something. I'd probably take a look at 16, etc. But I think there's probably some other intriguing you know guys to stash ahead of Williams. Okay, yeah, I mean. Uh... Maybe it's a long shot, but again, like you said, maybe in a deeper league could pay off nicely because he's showing he can put up numbers when he's out there. The next stop, Tommy, is Memphis. Uh, Mark Sloan, Mike Conley, Jamichael Green, and others mentioned in trade rumors. Tons of rumors flying around. Given all of that, if you're stashing Grizzlies, who are your top priorities? And does it even make sense to be thinking about stashing guys like Shelvin Mack and Ivan Rabb? Or should we be looking elsewhere considering that some of these rumors we're seeing have Memphis getting a point guard back, for example? Exactly. I think that's the key there. Even if Memphis does make a trade, you know, for instance, the kind of the most prominent rumor out there is um, uh, Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors in exchange for uh, Mike Conley. So that obviously really, you know, uh, Javon Carter is another point guard you look at on the on the Memphis roster along with Shelvin Mack. But if Rubio's in town, that obviously, you know, makes them uh, irrelevant. Um, basically, they'd be backing up Rubio instead of Connolly. So, yeah, I'd probably steer clear. I'm not overly enthusiastic about any of the remaining Grizzlies just because I don't think there's a, you know, it sounds like the Grizzlies are still pretty adamant about getting a, a very rich compensation package in return. Um, and again, even if they did trade either of those two studs, it sounds like they'd get another, you know, quality player back in return. You know, just basically just to make the salaries match um, is right. one reason to suspect that. And the other thing is they want a good young player if they're going to trade one of those two um, stars. So, you know, it's, it's safe to assume that there's, there's limited uh, upside in, in the Grizzlies as a result. All right. In Orlando, impending free agent Nikola Vucevic has been mentioned as a possible trade candidate all season. Orlando now a few games out of a playoff spot. I mean, Zach Lowe, again, for what it's worth, wrote that he would, quote unquote, bet against a Vucevic deal. Do you think there's any sense, Tommy, in stashing Mo Bamba or is, or is it looking like there's really nothing there? Yeah, if you're in a deep league, he's one of the guys that is that is intriguing because Vucevic, on the outside chance that he does get traded, it certainly seems like less than 50-50 at this point. But if Vucevic did get moved, Bamba would be an automatic starter. I mean, he's one of those guys that can you know hit threes and block shots You know, in the unicorn mold that, that would be a very intriguing fantasy player. But yeah, the, the more you read about it, it sounds like the less, you know, I think we all kind of assume that Vuce would get moved at the deadline coming into this year. But it sounds like the, 
The Magic are considering some other options. Interestingly, Brian Windhorst in a podcast recently, I forget exactly which one, but he mentioned that the Magic had considered trading Bomb before Dennis Smith Jr. in Dallas, before, oh, wow. Smith, before Smith Jr. got moved to the Knicks. Yeah, so I, I found that interesting. So, you know, maybe it's a situation where they sign Vucevic to a long-term deal this summer. He's obviously playing terrifically. Um, they kind of build around him and, and, and maybe trade Bamba for, an, for a point guard or, you know, for a high draft pick in this upcoming draft if they're not overly enthused with uh, what Bamba's given them. So, um, yes, Bamba's uh, not quite the stash that we thought he'd be a couple months ago. So, uh, yeah, for that reason, he's, his stock's a little bit on the decline. It's a novel idea if you're Orlando, right? Maybe sign your best player who's still in his 20s. <laughs> yeah, that's not a crazy concept, you know? Yeah. And just a quick update here. After we recorded on Tuesday, we learned via Woj that Mo Bamba actually has a stress fracture in his leg and could potentially miss the rest of the season. So just wanted to get you fully up to speed on that. All right, the Atlanta Hawks have had a, a whole heap of players in a trade rumor. Names like Jeremy Lin, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince, and Dwayne Dedman. So how high of a priority are guys like DeAndre Bembry, Alex Len, maybe even Omari Spellman, who had a big game on Monday? Any of those guys on your radar, Tommy, in standard leagues as a stash? Or am I sensing a theme here that these are all deep league stashes? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I would lean towards more of a deep league stash on this one as well. Again, um, certainly the, the Hawks would love to make some moves, clear out some contracts, get some young assets, you know, be they players or picks. Um, but, you know, assuming they get a player back, that could eat into the playing time. Alex Lenz, you know, uh, you know he's, he's probably not going to, you know, he's not a long-term fixture in Atlanta. So maybe Omari Spellman, um, I could see him kind of dedicating the second half of the season to, you know, giving as much time to Herter, Young, and Spellman on the court. They're, they're three first-round picks. Get those guys as much playing time as they possibly can. I probably like him a little bit more than Len, even though Len's the, the superior player. The uh, Bembrys, you know, has some int- intriguing upside, but they have a lot of depth there with Baysmore, Prince, and Lynn. So, you know, you'd almost have to assume they trade two or, two or three of those guys, right. um, which seems uh, unlikely. So, uh, yeah, I'm not overly enthusiastic about any of the Hawk stashes either. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree with you on Bembry. I think if the cupboard gets really bare, he could thrive, but uh, he might need one or two guys to go away, like you said. All right, in Chicago, uh, Jabari Parker has been in trade rumors. Not clear if his salary is really a realistic one to get moved. Is he a guy you're stashing anywhere, or or do you think it's pretty unrealistic that we're going to see him end up in another situation? No, I actually think he could get moved. I think uh, he would be a great fit. Uh, you know, he would be one of those guys that the Lakers would definitely target if they could, if, you know, in part of a three-way, if they had to, you know, if another team, because obviously the Bulls would, would like to move on, and he fits the Lakers, uh, you know, kind of time frame and the fact that there's a player option on his $20 million salary for next season. So, uh, you know, for a team that needs scoring or a team that needs kind of a second-half offensive boost off the bench, I think that they, that they would, uh, teams would be willing to take a, a flyer on Parker. He he actually played pretty well at the end of last season for Milwaukee. He was averaging 19 and 6, I think, for the last three weeks of the season or so. Um, so he definitely has some offensive talent. He's a he's a sieve defensively and doesn't put forth much effort on the defensive end. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, that's not really important. If a team gets desperate um, and, you know, or just another team, it doesn't necessarily have to even be a, a contender. If a rebuilding team is looking to, um, you know, take a flyer on a young player with some upside, I could see him inheriting, uh, trading one of their, you know, Albatross contracts for Parker. 
I mean, I, I think in a weird way, as if all the guys we're talking about, Parker is as reasonable of a stash as anyone, I guess, when you think about it, especially when you include the buyout option. Yep, absolutely. He could certainly, yes, as you mentioned, he doesn't necessarily even have to get traded. I could see the him kind of making a stink and the Bulls just buying him out at the, after the deadline as well, and that would you know free him to go to a team that, and then at that point, you'd have to assume he'd go to a team that would give him playing time. You know, he'd put a priority on that as he as he would you know would be a pending free agent. Saw Parker play the other night. He had a big box score and limited playing time, and he looked fantastic. I mean, it, you know, you forget that this is still, I believe, a 23-year-old. Yep. It feels like he's about 29, 30, given all of the injuries and just feels like he's been around a while. But this is a dude who still has quite a bit of theoretical upside. So maybe with the right coach, the right situation, he could have some value down the stretch. Uh, Tommy, in New York, are you should we be expecting his candor to change cities and potentially rediscover his double-double potential, or are you not optimistic on that front? Uh, I think there is as close to 100% chance as possible that he will not be a New York Knickerbocker by the time we uh, speak next week or, you know, as soon as as early as Friday. I would certainly be surprised. I, I assume obviously the Knicks are trying to trade him. I doubt that they'll find the trade partner uh, willing to give them a second round pick. So he, I think he's more likely to be bought out, you know, right after the deadline. It's it's clear he's become a headache in New York and both sides would like to move on from the, the nonsense. Um, so uh, in terms of whether he can really Reestablish value. Obviously, all that depends on where he ends up. You know, there's some some kind of rumblings that the Kings might be interested. But now with Bagley playing so well um, and Giles playing a little bit better, I don't know if that's uh, you know quite the same fit as it was. Um, I'm pessimistic that he can you know that a, that a good team would be willing to give him more than you know 14, 16 minutes off the bench. He could still easily put up 12 points and, and six or seven rebounds in in even limited minutes. You know, 15, 18 minutes a night. But I wouldn't count on him securing a role where he plays 25 minutes a night and is you know a top 100 fantasy producer as we had seen earlier in the season it's funny you know heading into this trade deadline there just aren't any as we're discovering here there there aren't any just absolute home run stashes you know i mean there's just no one guy who you'd say wow yeah absolutely everybody get this dude on your roster in case this trade goes down uh, that could still happen, but it just doesn't feel like we have that situation. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, in, in fantasy football where there's, you know, one running back, you know, if, if the starter gets hurt, then, you you know, you have somebody that's sneaking behind you. Um, but yeah, there's just more committees, there's more fluidity, there's more, you know, the buyout markets really impacts the trade deadline. I, I think that's why we're going to see a little bit less noise during the deadline than we probably hope for that we have seen in years past, because teams have kind of realized that if they don't get a player they're targeting, you know, for instance, a, lot, a bunch of teams had expressed interest interest in the in the Knicks Wes Matthews but you know if you have to give up a second rounder for Wes Matthews whereas you can you know wait until the deadline and the Knicks will probably cut him or if the Knicks don't waive him a similar player will get will shake loose um, you know why give up a second round pick or even a highly protected first rounder for you know a minimal marginal return in terms of uh, you know quality players that will be available on the market so I think that's one of the reasons why it's difficult to pinpoint like ah oh, this is the primary stash that's the guy you need um, and should have value should anything go down by Thursday. Well, you mentioned Wes Matthews. Are there any other players with the Knicks you're watching as potential pickups heading into trade deadline buyout season? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the one thing is it's just not necessarily to focus on guys that are going to get traded, um, even though that's that's obviously what's going to generate a lot of the rumors. It's the potential buyout guys. You know, we just mentioned Wes Matthews. DeAndre Jordan's another. Obviously, you know, there, it would make some sense for the Knicks to keep him the rest of the season. Just the fact that it sounds like, you know, they want to build a you know defensive mindset and, you know, and DeAndre Jordan might be able to help some of their younger bigs, uh, Mitchell Robinson in particular. You know, he's one of those guys um, that 
that could learn from a veteran like Jordan. But the other thing is, Jordan's also very good friends with Kevin Durant. Obviously, they want to curry favor with uh, KD in his camp. Um, so you, you would assume if, if DeAndre Jordan preferred to play for contender, the Knicks certainly wouldn't hold him back from that. They would agree to a buyout to, to ship him out elsewhere. Um, and he's a guy that could get picked up by a team that needs a big and, and you know play heavy minutes or, or relatively decent minutes right off the bat. All right, so in sum, <laughs> it could be a wild deadline, but I think we're all going to kind of just have to be in our defensive stances here as fantasy owners, ready to uh, ready to make moves once we see it happens. Uh, this is going to be more of a reactionary situation as opposed to a proactive one. Exactly. I think in the, if we can plug our, our, our faithful employers, stay tuned to Roto World, obviously, the next 48 hours or so, and we'll have guys obviously on deck at all times, um, prepared to discuss any type of news that breaks. We'll give you in the blurbs when each player gets traded. We'll give you guys that are you know that, that stand to benefit the most from uh, any additional trades that go down um, right up until Thursday's deadline, and then you know in the days thereafter we'll recap and give our favorites uh, you know who, in terms of who stands to benefit, biggest beneficiaries, etc. So plenty of news to discuss uh, one way or the other, and uh, definitely looking forward to it. Absolutely, and if you work at a desk or at a computer, open all of the tabs with your various leagues in them and just leave them open yeah, every yeah. second counts i yeah. got i got beat to a pickup by mike gallagher in a league by about five seconds yesterday and that that's even more infuriating <laughs> at the trade deadline so any advantage you can get have your team pages open and ready to go on thursday absolutely always good advice <laughs> Uh, Tommy, any what, what's coming up in notable numbers uh, this week? Um, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about Buddy Buckets, Buddy Heald, and uh, Marvin Bagley's been playing really well. We'll discuss him a little bit and um, a few other guys I have my eyes on. But once I dig into numbers, I'll get a better feel for but, uh, those two guys thus far. All right, so we dropped this episode a day early on Tuesday to get you extra ready for the trade deadline. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. Tommy, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.